Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's everyone's favorite day. It's Tuesdays. A little late this week. Uh, busy, uh, busy, busy people uh, here on the podcast, particularly the co-head of North American Equities at RBC Global Asset Management. Always busy, Stu Kedwell. Stu, how's it going? Great. Uh, thanks for having me, Dave, as always. Uh, you know, before we begin, I need to congratulate you on 30 years with RBC. There's a lot of Canadians who are better off for it. So uh, let's start with congratulations. Wow. That's uh, thanks, Stu. And uh, right back at you, you're at 25. And, uh, and, and you look a lot younger than me. So you're, you fared much better. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, 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 uh, you, 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 clearly, uh, you, you clearly are taking care of yourself a lot better. And that's why it's, it, podcasts are good because they're, they're audio, not, not video. We, uh, we, we hopefully never 100%. get to like some of these podcasts that do the simulcast uh, with video along with the audio and that we we're, we're, we're probably not going to ever get there. I doubt it. <laughs> it, it. It would favor you. By the way, you're so busy because you're watching uh, you're watching Boston sewage these days. Is that your uh, that's your new thing? Well, that was an interesting statistic this morning. Uh, I'm not sure it would be a job that I would want, but someone is measuring the COVID in the Boston sewer system. And uh, it has come down quite precipitously from the middle of December. Uh, you know, just another way of trying to figure it out when there's not all the testing going on. Uh, you know, people are looking for new ways to try and figure out how different municipalities are doing. And um, I think I saw the, the chart for Ottawa on Twitter today, which also, uh, you know, may have uh, hit its peak. So uh, new ways of always new ways of looking at things. Always different ways of looking at things in these uh, unprecedented times. So, so Stu, what what uh, what I wanted to talk about today, because we we've really seen early in 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 2022, uh, in in terms of of where money is moving around, uh, you, you know, yields have moved higher on on government treasuries. Uh, we we've seen uh, we saw an inflation print this morning uh, in the United States at, uh, 7%, which is the highest in, in 40 years. So you've seen, you've seen this rotation around with, within the market towards a lot of, uh, cyclical names, uh, energy names, metals, uh, things of that nature, which, uh, and banks, financial institutions, which, uh, which, which tends to be, uh, quite favorable to the Canadian market. But instead of just focusing on those sectors from, from from the potential for their stock appreciation, uh, since you have have managed uh, a, a dividend portfolio for a number of years in Canada, we we see uh, we've we've got your, your your dividend aristocrats, right? Which may, perhaps the Canadian banks uh, represent that, but a lot of other a lot of other companies that just consistently pay dividends. They have consisting earnings flows, cash flows, so. Um, typically always paying, increasing their dividends. And then you have the whole commodity complex, the oils, the metals, and it tends to be a little bit more erratic. So what we've seen is a period where prices of those underlying commodities was weak. Uh, dividends were slashed, cut, or eliminated. And now we're starting to see a lot of these firms as the underlying prices have increased, they're, they're flush with cash flow. And they're starting to look at increasing dividends, paying special dividends. I'm just wondering, how do you manage and think about the dividends from those types of companies versus the way you think of it in, in other sectors of the economy where, where the dividend is, is more consistent and predictable? Um, well, it's a great question. And, and you, what you tend to do is you try and think about these businesses through the cycle. So 
you know, we know we're going to own some of them for a very long period of time. And we know that there'll be periods of time when the cash is a little skinny, maybe what we've gone through in the last, uh, you know, say 12 month period. But there's other times where the cash is prodigious. And, um, you know, so there's a couple of things that you're really sitting down when you're looking at those businesses. The first is the length of the reserves that they have in the ground. We don't want to run out of reserves during a period of low commodity prices. So, you know, if you can find a business with 25, 30, 35 years of reserves, you know that you're going to participate a number of times in some really strong cash flow. The second thing is you want, you know, those reserves to be reasonably low cost so that even during the periods of down prices, the business never needs additional equity to get through that period of time. In other words, the amount of resources that I own on a per share basis don't go down during the bad times. Okay. Um, the next thing you want is uh, when companies go to put capital to work, will they be able to build new facilities, new mines at cost structures that are going to be competitive? And are they going to be able to get it, get through it by using the cash flows that they generated? Again, you never want to see equity issued at the wrong time on one of these cyclical businesses. And um, if those cases hold, then, you know, the, the cure to low prices is low prices. And, uh, you know, quite often as the business starts to uh, move higher, um, you know, you're going to get a good, strong return. You know, if I think about, you know, some of the fertilizer businesses that uh, we own in Canada, you know, you go see the mine and there's many kilometers underground and there's years and years of resources. And, um, you know, those, those mines will be producing things like potash, what have you, for, you know, for a very, very long period of time. And, um, and they generate significant cash flow uh, when, when, when prices are strong. And that's the case across, you know, our investments in copper, our investments in oil and things like this. You know, the key is, you know, we want to own as, as much of the resources on a per share basis uh, throughout the cycle. And, and, and how does, because uh, we talked about uh, the ESG side of this as well. And uh, every, everyone's going to come at this from, in, in, in a way, individual investors anyways, are going to come at this with their own views on, on what they want to own or not own and, and how they want to assess that. Uh, is sustainability uh, and, and, and the way these firms are extracting these raw, these, these natural resources, does that play at all into to your thinking in terms of of, again, that longevity of, of the business and sustainability of the business? Uh, no question. Um, you know, sitting down with these management teams and we get to have, you know, a lot of great discussions with all of them. You know, we want to understand how they're reducing the carbon intensity of their production as time passes, because that will be really important to the terminal value of the business uh, a number of years down the road. And, um, you know, in some cases, uh, valuations are 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 you know, higher uh, multiples, like by that, I mean, you know, for a potash business, you might be in the eight to 10 times cash flow because, you know, people have views that the sustainability of potash for many, many years into the future is higher. Some of the oil and gas businesses don't have, you know, quite those same robust multiples because people worry, you know, well, how long will the consumption last down the road? You know, we think that there's going to be a many years of consumption, uh, you know, relative to, uh, to what's taking place today and are quite encouraged by some of the plans to reduce the carbon intensity of the production. Um, you know, the carbon intensity of the usage is a, is a different question. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a, you know, a bit more of a, of a societal issue that uh, is being dealt with, uh, with carbon taxes and all sorts of things. 
But when we look at the production of these goods, uh, you know, we want to see the carbon intensity of that production going down. And so, so, and and we we've done some podcasts with uh, with with Melanie Adams uh, and some others who who focus on the metrics and measures of portfolios and how effective they are uh, in managing around those uh, ESG concerns. Uh, so I'd, I'd encourage people who are who are interested or concerned about this aspect of investing in these sectors for dividends uh, to go and listen to uh, to, to those podcasts uh, to get a, a deeper understanding of uh, of how a portfolio manager uh, can be directed and steered to uh, to to make sure that they're uh, keeping those those uh, those issues front of mind as they're making decisions. Uh, uh, around investments, uh, one other thing just 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 popped into mind though, as 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 you were you were going through your answers, Stu. So so the the whole idea of going going to a potash mine and going underground and and looking at uh, at, at at everything they've got there and, and talking to management. From as an investor, it, is is that something you need to do to really understand the longevity of the asset, the way the business is operating? Or can someone look at numbers that are being produced? Are, are, are there numbers out there uh, that an individual investor could take a look at and, and get a pretty good understanding of the of, of the longevity of, of the assets and how effective the management uh, is in terms of, uh, of of executing on producing at a low cost those uh, those those resources and, and getting to the market? Well, you can certainly get a flavor for the numbers, but you know, there's nothing that quite beats a visit to the facility to see. You know the scale of the enterprise. Um, you know today when you're talking about inflation, you know another angle that you know we should discuss in all of this is the replacement cost. Yeah. And you know if something was built a long time ago and you go and see it and you're just like, wow, this is this is quite an operation. You can almost in your head sit there and say, on the darkest days in the stock market, I can imagine you know this is not something that's replaceable. So it gives you a little bit more confidence to go into those you know stocks on those days. And, um, and and make a purchase. And the other thing too is always just seeing like, you know, you get in the door and you see, you know, the commitment to worker safety is always on the board at a good operation. Uh, right when you get inside the door, you can yeah. see how it's maintained, how clean it is. You know, all these things speak to, uh, you know, how the company approaches long-term value. Yeah, and, and, and again, that, that comes back to the sustainability question, uh, uh, an issue like that, treating your employees right. Uh, taking care of your your people is a big part of su- success in business. Always has been, but it's it's much more understood, I think, today in terms of how that drops to the bottom line. Well, Stu, that's that's a really interesting way of, and, and you know, I think investing in a lot of ways comes comes down to the same basic principles that that, and we've talked about them on on many of our discussions. That long term view and understanding that you're going to own a business over the long haul. You're going to see ebbs and flows in the business. Same thing here in these businesses, which 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 tend to have wider ranges. But again, you're if, as you're holding long term, you're going to see these big ebbs and flows, and you you expect that, you anticipate it, and you manage around that uh, as you include these assets in your portfolio. That's uh, that's bang on, Dave. Wow, that's good. Geez, I'm, I, see, look at I'm I'm, uh, I, I'm I'm hoping all our listeners are, are 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 learning about investing, listening to this podcast. I'm learning too along with everyone, because I get to talk to great people like Stu Kedwell. Stu, thanks uh, thanks again for joining us. And uh, again, congratulations on uh, uh, a, a long, long time with great success uh, at, at uh, in your current role. Well, same to you, Dave. And thanks very much. And thanks to all our listeners. And have a great day.
This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.